everyone. Thank you for being here today. I'm at California Family Fitness. We're not just about fitness. We're about, you know, overall health and wellness and what that means in the community. And a lot of times, you know, we can talk about running long distance. We can talk about working out. But what is really, you know, not in those conversations is nutrition. And that plays such a big part um, in your overall performance. And so I'm so excited to talk about endurance, you know, in general and, um, nutrition for runners in particular. We, you know, Sacramento, we're based in Sacramento for the listeners that may not be in Sacramento. Um, it's just such a big running community and I'm really excited to just talk about um, what that means, but also making sure you're fueling for those races, whether you're a beginner, whether you um, used to run a long time ago and you're getting back into it or every day you're running um, more and more and you're an ultra marathoner who we have here today too as well. So let's go around and introduce ourselves and we can start the conversation. Yeah, so thanks for having me. My name is Kim Caudell. I am a registered dietitian in, in the Sacramento area. I have a private practice. Um, I also work for one local hospitals also. Um, and I do diet education and just trying to help people, you know, eat healthier as they're when they're running or in busy lives, whatever it might be. So yeah. So uh, my name's Cindy Villarimo. I'm just uh, your average kind of everyday Sacramento person. I do have a full-time job, but I do travel quite a bit. Um, I'm actually an MD-PhD. I'm a PhD in molecular genetics, and I do cancer research in oncology. So I travel a lot to different hospitals, facilitating clinical trials in cancer research. But I'm also a mom of two kids, and, um, and on the side I run a ranch. So, um, but yeah, I somehow find the time to do. And I don't know how run. you do it because <laughs> right. let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. I was meeting you, and you're like, "Oh, and I've done that. I'm training for this ultra, and I've done an Ironman." And I'm like, "How? How do we? How do you do that?" So, tell the yeah. listeners that how many like you are always training for something. I feel like. Oh yeah, every day. Like I'm doing um, San Jose half marathon, but that's just a half marathon. I mean, not just a half marathon. No, but I love that. Yeah. I like applaud you. But it depends that. on what you make. I want to get this. to that point. Yeah, just mm-hmm. half marathon. Yeah. It depends on what you make of this. Like a 5K is actually a really difficult race. I mean, you can never tell a person who you know runs these for the Olympic that oh, it's just a 5K. It's actually the more difficult. The shorter the race is, the more difficult it is for me hmm. because I can run, but I cannot push my body to do to run that fast. Does that make sense? So, you know, I mean, to most people, I'm the average, you know, I'm my best, I'm like an eight minute mile person. That's it. Hmm. But to, you know, so for, do, for me to do really well in a 5k the way I would like to, it's actually painfully hard to do that. <laughs> Well, and I can't wait to talk to you about nutrition because last night when I um, called to just talk about the podcast in general, we had really good um, comments that, Scott, I can't wait for you to comment on as well just about nutrition and and how every runner is very different and their preferences are very different. So let's introduce you. Yeah, um, that's kind of off to a bad start that I have to introduce myself. <laughs> Cindy, I just PhD, <laughs> ultra marathons, runs a ranch. I'm just Scott Abbott, just a guy. Uh, I, uh, I'm the executive director. Of, I'm going to try to make it sound as cool as possible to, after I have to go after that. But I'm the executive director of the Sacramento Running Association, which you, know, you mentioned Sacramento's got a great running community. And I think the fact that we have an organization like the Sacramento Running Association that's been around for 38 years uh, in this community is evidence of, of what a great running community we have to have an organization like that that really facilitates the sport 
of running in, in Sacramento, and, and I'm proud to be uh, and feel lucky to be the director of an organization like that. It's been a passion of mine. Running has been a passion of mine my entire life, and now to have that be my profession, to make sure passion in your profession is is pretty cool. So I've and like I said, I've been running. I've been involved in the sport of running, you know, since since high school. Ran competitively through high school, college, and even after college, and then got into coaching. I've coached, worked with runners of all ages, from youth all the way up to, you know, adults looking to run their first marathon or their first 5K. Um, and I've also coached at the high school and college level as well. So, um, uh, obviously, just uh, a big, big, big role in the sport of running. Uh, don't manage a ranch and do not do, can- <laughs> do not do cancer research. So just just kind of stay in my lane, you know. So. But at the same time, I mean, I know that this is about nutrition and runners in general. But I would love to touch um, on you coaching, like the different type. Like, what do you have with youth, and how do you start out with coaching youth, and like at what age do you start doing that, and then how does nutrition play mm-hmm. in that factor of, you know, everyone from a new runner. I mean, my daughter's eight, and I was laughing this morning because I'm dropping her off at her aunt's house, and she's like, "Drop me off right here, mom, and just run, and then just drive next to me." I'm like, "That's like a like a half a mile. Like, are you kidding me?" Okay, mom, drop me off down the street, and she ran to her aunt's house, and she was just so excited, and I thought, "Wow, this is really cool." You know, let's talk about at what age do you really start getting into that? But then nutrition for a child doing that is very different than, you know, high schoolers, which is very different than your first 5K and then ultras, right? And so I would love for you to start off and touch base, and then we can all add into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's really neat what you kind of said about your daughter there because I think running is just a really organic form of exercise. I mean, um, you know, uh, it's it's kind of the purest form, and, and and you see it when you go to the playground. And you watch kids just running around. Like we, we, we it's an innate part of our being. We want to run. We want to um, somewhere along the way. I think in our culture, it turns into a chore. Um, and I think there's some cultural things. But that, why? And well, like, we can talk about that yeah, later. But you I think know, there's I been just... some things like I think even how it's talked about in some in team sports and stuff where it's sometimes used as a punishment right. um, or it's used even in RPE classes sometimes as a punishment. Um, and I think over time it does become this thing that becomes a chore because in other cultures you don't see that as much. But um, And then so many people I've talked to that have kind of found running later in life, maybe like yeah, you, Cindy, okay, yeah. that it's and they, they then it becomes something that they really, really love. Um, and uh, and really, somewhere we lose that. I think in time from when you, you talk about your daughter, you know, running a, a, as a kid and, and and being excited about it, and then something that we we see so many people out there running marathons and half marathons later in life. Um, and and I do think it's it's an economical and efficient form of exercise. And we all, I think, I think we all understand the importance of the health benefits of exercise, but also the endorphins that are released and things mm-hmm. like, like there's a part of us that wants to be active. I mean, I think that's innate to the human being. We want to be active and running is a, you know, probably the most um, pure and uh, organic form of exercise. And so I, I think it's, so that's neat. I mean, I kind of went off, think off on a tangent a little bit, but you know, you're talking about your well, daughter. Your body wants to move. Right? Yeah, it wants to move. It wants to move. And, and then it's the easiest and, form of right, movement, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, and, and I think, athletes of all ages it's you know i've worked with them all and and in terms of 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 it, it's pretty simple i mean it's just it's about tailoring training and running to, to to fit your needs at that time you know um and and you could start as young and do it as old as you want and it's 
it's great and it's easy. You just strap on a pair of shoes and go left foot, right foot. It's pretty <laughs> mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. So, Cindy, when did you start running? Oh my goodness, and not until 2008. So okay. I was a competitive swimmer growing up, and when I first started running, I had a hard time breathing and catching. And I found out with folks I swam with or ran with, and I started in Elk Grove with Dan, the Running Man, and Running Zone, and <laughs> and um, and you know I did it because I did a lot of triathlons, and I was always the first swimmer out. And the person who was literally dying in the swim, grabbing onto the canoe, you know, you had that long stretch of the bike to catch up, and she would pass me. And I just thought, well, you know, I'm not, I've never been a runner. I've never been, I've always never identified myself. But I thought it was a, a place to start to, if I want to improve my times and so forth. And like you said, it's the easiest form of exercise. And I found it, and it's, I think it's different for everybody, but over the years I found it as a, um, I, I tell you that I do all this stuff, but the one solid thing in my life is running. Whether it's just three miles or my favorite. My favorite distance is actually 13 to 15 miles. Um, and that's, it doesn't do this for me where it's like I want to be you know, on a podium or top three in my whatever. That is where I feel like I'm complete. I've cleared my head. I've felt my lungs stretched. Um, there's enough time there where I can do a whole bunch of different things. Like, hey, maybe I'm going to do like really... like hard runs for this stretch from this tree to that tree, or I'm not feeling really good, so maybe I'm just going to listen to this song and run at a nice pace where I meditate. Mm-hmm. So that's why I find that stretch. And when, mm-hmm. I say, when I say it's only 13 miles, 13 miles for <laughs> me is actually a complete, um, where I walk away, I felt like I got everything in that 13-mile run. Mm-hmm. And for me on that run, it's not a one-and-a-half-hour run. It is a two-hour and 10- to 20-minute run. So it's my body's out for two hours and twenty minutes. So that's mm-hmm. that's a n- nice little like you know you can do a eight minute mile pace and then you can walk for a couple miles and still average that out. So there's a lot that can happen. That's why I like that that distance. Mm-hmm. Um, my son started running. Uh, he's fifteen, and like you said, I don't know what the plan is. We started with um, a trainer at Calfix. I wanted him to listen to somebody else besides me, and so my goal for him when he does his long weekend runs is. From my house to the Starbucks, it's three miles. Go run to Starbucks, and I'll pick you up later. So yeah. that's so for him, it's like if I get to Starbucks, I get my caramel frappuccino, <laughs> and he's got the app. So he yeah. runs like almost every, um, well, at least two days a week to Starbucks. <laughs> so, well, yeah. that's, that's good, too. I mean, you talk about an hour and a half or whatever, it's but I also think that you know I know people, uh, my wife's one of them, she, she runs every morning before work, and a lot of it's just uh, you know more of a clear your head type of thing but mm-hmm. I mean it's like 30 minutes and yeah, it's just getting out the door and yeah. and for that it's a 30 to 40 minute workout yep. it literally takes 30 to 40 mi- minutes it's not it's not forever yeah mm-hmm. it's it's not I gotta drive here get this equipment do that you know it's it's literally step out the door do. it's 40 like, minutes and you're morning. back you know yeah it's gonna ask you when do you fit that in yeah. to so, your busy so day <laughs> it's funny because I'm actually gonna fire my rooster because my rooster my rooster is supposed to wake me up in time for my run. So I get up at 5. If somebody You're, said rooster. 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 Yeah. Like, rooster. Yeah. Okay, like, like, okay. So I love this. How do you time this? It just, when the I sun love comes this. Up. Yeah, yeah, so now the sun doesn't come up, right, right, at that time. So the rooster is supposed to wake me up. And we have a new rooster named Fat Albert, and he sleeps through. So I actually, just yesterday, I was so mad at him. I went up to his tree because he roosts, and I, I pushed him out of the tree. I'm like, You're not doing your job. And I woke him up. I'm like, You need to wake me up because I need to get my run in. It's 30 minutes, and it's just a three-mile loop. Sometimes I'll do four, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, not yeah. so busy. Um, I have to get the kids out of the door by 7, 
So between like 5.30 to 6. Mm-hmm. And then that gives me an hour to get the lunch ready and so yeah. forth. So there's this thing called an alarm clock. It works <laughs> right. really well, too. You don't I have mean, to have I know. Yeah. So I'm yeah. using the alarm yeah. clock. Okay, yeah. yeah, but I mean, why have a rooster? Well, he does protect the hands, yeah. but still, it's like, I'm just so mad because all of my other roosters, I woke up and it's just kind of part of my routine, get the coffee ready, go get my run in. Mm-hmm. And then, so that's every day. Yeah. And then on, in the evenings, um, like tonight, there's a couple days out of the night, um, you know, people have their different philosophy, but I'll get back onto the treadmill. So the treadmill does something else for me. It's because I don't have to think and worry about where I'm going or trip I can't on anything. do the treadmill. Mm-hmm. It makes running on the bike path so much easier. Mm-hmm. So I will do, um, I'll do a treadmill workout where I don't have to think, but it, uh, the purpose of my treadmill is cadence, is trying to get my cadence up consistently mm-hmm. uh, where, because it's easy. And, you know, mm-hmm. I just, I need... For me, I just need that. I love that feeling when I have a nice turnover, when I'm bouncy, and I get that feeling on the treadmill. But I'm, my mind is somewhere, and I'm watching a show. And see, and I can't. I, I tried that. I was like, okay, I'm gonna move, and my whole like, and you know, I'm gonna get out there. I'm, I'm gonna start training, and even if I'm on the treadmill and I'm watching a show, I'm thinking about being on the treadmill. Yeah. Like I can't do it. Yeah. I'd rather go out on the pavement mm-hmm. and put on a podcast that, no, that is, you know, mm-hmm. about motivational speaking yeah. or something. I can't mm-hmm. even do music anymore because I, I can have count. That yeah, I can count. Yeah, a, a song is about two, you know, yeah. two and a half minutes to three minutes. Mm-hmm. And if I'm running a 10-minute mile, I do the count. It, like, messes. I don't know. For me, you have to condition yourself. I did a – there was a time in my life where I could not – I was traveling so much I couldn't get out on the road. So it was only treadmill workouts. And I this is the time where I told you when I trained for ultras, I would put dinner on the table, eat, and with a – right after dinner, I'd get on a treadmill. And my best half marathon time was on the treadmill because CalFit allows two hours for childcare. So I had to get it under two hours, and I just oh, there you put my 13 miles on the treadmill and then got my kid out of daycare. And um, But that was the – I ran all my runs, and I was putting in about 35 to 40 miles a week on the treadmill. Mm. Wow. And then I get out on there on the race, and I'm like, wow, this is, like, amazing. And I'm like, I see all these different things, and I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, moving, and I'm not looking at that wall. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so talking about that, like, how do you – you know, you're running and you're training so hard, but then how does nutrition come into play with that? And that's where, like, I think we were talking, you know, what do you suggest is a great, you know, way, which is funny because before this podcast when we were talking about it, um, people train differently too, and Mm -hmm. I want to kind of address that in terms of how they eat for a race. Right, so I live down a country road too. I don't have a rooster, um, and um, try to get the work in, work outside in the morning. Um, I actually my background in, with running is I ran cross country in high school and absolutely loved it, and then got into horses and mm-hmm. fell a couple times um, in the span of time. And so I just don't my body just doesn't function after injuries quite as well as it used to. Um, so getting back into it, I love to talk to you about that um, a little bit more too, but. I think just in nutrition in general, my daughter, I drop her off at the front of our road, and she loves to run. So keeping that up with her mm. is great. I mean, she is so proud of herself. She's like the one of the fastest runners in her fast track, mm. you know, and so I want to keep that spirit alive um, because it can help her with soccer in so many different ways. Um, but making sure just general nutrition um, is is... It's good. So, like, the simpler, the better. Uh, we've kind of talked about that before. Um, so you're doing your whole grain. So whether it's, like, oh, um, you know, quinoa or rice or whatever it uh, might be, but just having it, like, just a single grain um, carb with – and this is just nutrition in general, not necessarily before training um, – 
and then and then having your protein source and having your fruit or vegetable. And if you're looking at your plate, having all those fruits and vegetables and um, fiber is is great. Just in a, in a general um, for diet and training is a little bit different, um, but just making sure your diet's well rounded is really important. Um, like I said, so half your plate, if you can get it, fruits and vegetables, um, that would be great. A fourth of it, a protein source, and the other fourth of it, a carbohydrate source. Um, it's just kind of a well-rounded, um, you know, balanced diet. And so trying to figure out, you know, what are you having for breakfast? What are you having for lunch? What are you having for dinner? And trying to get that protein source, try to get that fruit or vegetable source in um, every time you eat to really show a good example for kids. Um, and then when you get to the training part of it, you know, it's a little bit different, um, where you want to really increase your, increase your um, glycogen stores and really increase um, the carbohydrates. And, you, I mean, you guys do this, you know, frequently. Mm-hmm. So um, carbohydrate loading and, you know, we can talk about, you know, the training part of it. Well, I'm thinking, yeah. like, before, you know. Yeah, I was, well, I also just want to kind of piggyback on that. I think mm-hmm. the, the, the whole, like, running and exercise and diet, I think, they're very similar in the sense that they're they should be simple, you know. And I think we overcomplicate things at times when it comes to your diet and also your exercise. And and I think at the end of the day, we talked about some very organic things. Like, hey, you, you're talking about your running. Hey, I run how I feel sometimes. I just get out there and get out there every day. And you know, sometimes I just try to run hard to that tree and then you know walk a little bit after that. And I do think there's a simplicity to it all. Like, and and the the most important thing when it comes to improving as a runner and getting fit just in general is a consistency to it and just getting out there every day and being consistent and developing that habit. And it's the same thing on the diet side. I really think there's a simplicity to it. It's, I think we always say it's, it's, it's uh, simple, but not easy, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's, it it doesn't need to be overly complicated. And I think you described Mm -hmm. it really well where it's like, you know, make your plate look good, like have fruits and vegetables on it, make it colorful, Mm -hmm. Make sure there's proteins. Make sure there's carbohydrates. You know, mm-hmm. hit your macronutrients. And I think having a balanced diet is simple. It's not easy. But it's the same thing as, as as in the running side. You know, you don't need to overly complicate things. Just get out there every day. And I think if you can kind of do both of those things, and they and they and there's a bilateral relationship to them. You, you run better and you feel better when you're eating a more ba- balanced and healthy diet because that fuels your body properly. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, it's it's um, if you're eating to um, train, um, uh, it, it actually makes um, uh, kind of the eating feel purposeful. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's really important is that you're eating to train. I think sometimes people think of it the other way around. Oh, I train so I can eat. And I hear that all the time. Yeah, when people lot. say that I'm like, that oh, you're a runner. You must be able to eat anything you want. And it's actually that's that's an inappropriate relationship with food. Right. Food is actually should be fueling your body properly so that you can train yeah Yeah. so you eat to train don't Mm -hmm. train to eat you know Mm -hmm. and so i think it's really really important well we talk about like this yeah we talk about the simplicity i love that keep it simple right like everyone says keep it simple Mm -hmm. but at the same time i think there's so many products out there that's like oh you're running a 5k you you have to have this you Mm -hmm. have to eat this you should try this Mm -hmm. you can you know and so how do you handle that like what do you recommend because i don't want to throw out you know uh, brand names, but I'll just say like when I was training for, you know, you should have your goo, make sure you have it at the, you know, mile three, six, nine. And then when you finish and then you're like, oh my gosh, do I need, what flavor do I like? You're right. I, we start op- over complicating mm-hmm. it because then all of a sudden you get this mentality, oh, I need this or I need that bar or mm-hmm. I need. And so how do you address that with people? Because I think that is a fear when you start training for something, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so many options mm-hmm. out there 
How do people keep it simple? Well, I think those products were initially created to, to make it, it simple. Right. Mm-hmm. And really, it's about like when you start talking about fueling while you're running. I mean, that's kind of a topic that you're mm-hmm. going down there. To, and when you start talking about gels and mm-hmm. bars and things. Yeah. Um, Lights went out on this year, right? Um, this is what happened last yeah. year. So we'll <laughs> um, Supposedly it looks good, by yeah. the way. They keep saying it yeah. looks good. So. Well, anything okay. that will help us yeah. look good, okay. that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, while you're running, and a lot of this is getting what those recommendations are, but how many carbohydrates you need an hour, um, and really that's the most important thing. You talked about glycogen stores. Mm-hmm. I mean, in exercise, you just need to get How carb- many carbs do you, you need You need to get carbs hour? in your body, and what would that be? Can okay, yeah. so if you're running for over an hour, every 30 to 60 minutes, you need about... 30 to 60 grams of carbs. And we're talking about carbs. And carbohydrates turn to sugar in your system. So you need that to fuel because your body uses carbohydrates first. So what does that look like? What does 30 to 60 grams look like? That's like a gel. And that's why those things were created is because they actually were created for those specifications. Mm So, yes, you got all this stuff coming at you, but they have made it simple. Mm -hmm. And really, whether you use, like, the little shot blocks or the gels or whether you eat a whole food like a bar or a banana – Ultimately, as long as you're fueling on those recommendations, mm-hmm. like you know, basically a gel every half hour, which works out to getting those mm-hmm. those those grams that Kim was talking about per hour, you're going to be fine. And again, it's about just trying to put carbohydrates in your body while you're running and just keeping it simple. And whatever works for you, just roll with that. Like mm-hmm. try some different things out, things that mm-hmm. taste good, things that sit well with your stomach. And as long as you're fueling your body with carbohydrates, like while you're running, you're going to be fine. So that kind of addresses the like. I'm running a marathon or an ultra marathon, and you, I'm sure when you run your ultras, yes, I was gonna say, what you do probably you do? So use you like, a little oh. bit of everything from candy to, you everything. know. Yeah, but I want to really, really emphasize if anything, if anything, if anybody gets anything from this podcast, it's the things that you guys just said. It's the conditioning, what that means. It's every day. So you have to get out there and understand what your body's doing. And the only way you'll know that, what you need is to get out there and do it. And it is a very simple form. And whatever's out there, you can create and use and make it your own. But you won't know that until you get out there and just put in the miles. The other thing is that I just, like, put all of my faith in is keeping it simple. That Mm -hmm. whole four food group um, um, strategy is there for a reason. Your body can't utilize, and I'm not a nutrition, so I want that disclaimer to be there. So don't, okay. you know, okay. don't believe me. <laughs> Otherwise, you're probably right. But um, but I do know that you need all four food groups to mm-hmm. make something happen. You can't just do one and then you know because that just goes away. It gets mm-hmm. excreted if there's nothing else to to combine that with. So mm-hmm. that's what the whole purpose of the four food group. I'm going to leave it at that because I'm not the nutritionist. But um, I'll tell you a, a story, a quick story about. Um, why I run all the time and why every day is important and whether I want to get more miles than theirs because it's all about how I feel. So one of the most challenging runs I've ever done was Tarawera, which is an ultra that starts in Rotorua, New Zealand, and it ends in Tarawera. It's 65 miles, and it's through the jungles of New Zealand, and I was not prepared to run this. Um, The guy that... um, that I'm with, you know, I've been with him for 14 years. He created um, something called Ultra Sign Up. So he was the silver medalist for Tahoe Room 100. And the person he trained with who won the gold that year um, was, they were completely opposite. So I'll get back to my Tarawara experience, but really quickly. The guy that won the gold is Jasper. And he, I remember the night before, he was like, I'm just going to eat bread. I just want bread because that's what works for him. And he even passed out because he was hyponutremic right before. Meanwhile, Mark, he had 
two pints of ice cream. He had gravy fries. He had a case of beer. <gasps> so <laughs> I'm like, oh my and, god, my stomach hurts so bad. And they were staying in the same place. They, uh, yeah. they did death ride the two weeks before to acclimate to the altitude. Okay. And um, that death ride is that um, bike ride that's up in the Markleyville and stuff. And then they started the race. And it's, remember, it's 100 miles in around Tahoe. And everybody, you know, the first place person comes in. He goes, there's no way the other guy is going to be doing well because of all the crap he ate the night before. Sure enough, he sees that guy coming in. He's like, he's like no way. Huh. But that's what fuels him. You know, mm-hmm. he puts in the miles. He, that's what he, he just eats whatever he can, whatever he body, his body needs. And the other guy, the first place person, um, eats whatever he needs. Because they go out there and they run. They put in 80 to 100 miles a week. They know mm-hmm. what they need. Mm-hmm. Both of them... Uh, beat the time course, which was like 20-something hours. They did in under 20 hours, and they did fine. For me, I knew that when I run, when I do like American River 50-miler, that's I've done several 50-milers throughout the country too. Um, I find that um, every 45 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I do fine with goo, but that's towards the end of the race because I know my stomach starts to feel like it can't stomach things. At the beginning of the race, I eat Mm-hmm. Um, I grab potatoes, I dip them in salt because it feels good. If, if there's an orange slice, I eat that. If there's mm-hmm. a Pop-Tart, you want to make me a peanut butter jelly sandwich? Is that a burrito you have? Can I have your burrito? <laughs> That's how I eat at the beginning of, because I can actually run because I run after dinner. So, mm-hmm. But um, towards the end, after so many hours, mm-hmm. I know that my stomach starts to say, I don't know if you can do that because you're more thirsty. It's a hot day. You want salt. You want water. Um, so I listen to my body. So then that's where the goo comes in. But I don't do packets of goo. I have a bottle of goo, so I can just get a little bit. That makes me feel good every 30 minutes. I just squeeze it in. I just mm. take all that packet in. So that's my strategy. For um, Ironmans, I have tortellini that I boil up, put in my bento box, and when I ride in my bike, I'm eating pasta. Mm-hmm. So that when I do my run, I feel like I feel good. And the only goal I have is just never feel hungry. Mm-hmm. The moment I feel hungry, I give up. I'm like, I, I can't think. I can't do anything. But if I feel full throughout the day and I'm not hangry, I have a great race. I have a great experience. And actually, you know, and when I was training a lot, I did really well. That race, Tarawera, I had a, a hole in my bladder, uh, my water bladder. So I had to dig through a garbage can and find a plastic water bottle, like a little crystal geyser bottle. Because I knew it's hot, it's humid, I need next eight stations eight miles down the road i don't know what the trail looks like but if it's like this it's going to take me this long because it's all jungle uh make sure you have water make sure you get salt grab salt sticks stick it in your pocket do whatever you can to get to the next aid station make sure you get the time uh timing where you don't get pulled so you know my goal was to at least try and complete it so already a lot of people were pulled from Hmm. these races because they didn't make the checkpoint um I made sure I ate as much as I can, and if I couldn't run, I walked, but I kept a pace that was at a certain pace, so I met all of, so I was under the, check, the time points that, you know. And um, it's a funny story, and oh my God, Mark's going to kill me if I say this, but so the guy who was a silver medalist for, silver medalist for Tahoe Run 100, we're doing this race, and it's dark. By the time you come in, you start in the dark, and you start, and then you stop in the dark, Western States qualifying is, which is a 100-miler, is 16, under 16 hours. I made it in 16 hours and 20 minutes, and I was expected that I was not going to do it because that was the longest distance I've ever run. I get in, and my significant other's coming in after me. 
I actually beat him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's I would celebrate. Yeah, But the best was this: he comes to the finish line. There's a big screen. They're celebrating people who have finished, who have made it, who are trying to qualify for Western States. And he's like coming in. He goes, "Oh, you okay? When did you drop?" Oh, you're like, actually. Oh, um, oh, what's this? Oh, it's a finisher's medal. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean, and. But it's we're talking about a lot of long distance too, and I mm-hmm. want to make sure we touch on those that this could be their first 5K. And we talk about Sacramento being um, a big running community, and you know, right now um, there's always a race. I feel like every weekend there's mm-hmm. a race, oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. so like let's talk about that. Like, do you you know? I know people that are like, I'm not even going to eat during my 5K, mm-hmm. or I'm not even going to eat during my 10K. I don't need to eat, mm-hmm. right? I'm just. I don't even need to drink water. And I was one of those. I was like, I'm not, I don't need water. I'm fine. I'm well hydrated. What do you do? Like, what would you, what is the best practice is the best, you know, in those situations? Because yes, we can teach, you know, I love having the long distance and the ultra marathoners. That could be, you know, that could be someone's goal, right? Mm -hmm. So let's get them to their goal and they help them accomplish it. But even starting from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I would say it, it depends on how much time you have before a race. Um, ideally, you're eating like two hours before a race uh, in like a, a meal that has some good protein, um, probably not too high in fiber and not too high in fat. So sometimes fat and fiber just take a long time to be digested. Um, so those are the two things you want to just be careful of. Um, but yeah, definitely have enough carbohydrates and protein in your system um, so what does to that get look you like? going. Is that... Is that- uh, oatmeal, still cut oatmeal, a little mm-hmm. like uh, one cup of that or a banana. Because I'm mm-hmm. someone, to be honest, that I don't eat before a race. And mm-hmm. my pattern, you guys would think I'm crazy, but I'll drink a ton of water and that's it. Like, I can't. Like, yeah. I, like literally, you can have my nerves. More energy. Yeah. And I'm like crazy. Yeah. I, I just am super anxious before every to, race. I think you, and that's one of the things you can practice in your, in your training too. But mm-hmm. I, I do think it's important and I think it's, uh, a lot of people that are morning runners, it is hard to right to, to get up in the morning to, to and, and, morning and then do it. But I think it, it is good snack. to put in a little bit of easy carbs in mm-hmm. your in your body. You know, inside. You know, between. You know, obviously, if you have three hours out, you can kind of eat a mm-hmm. full meal. Like if it's a later starting race or a later starting, you know, training run. You know, maybe three three hours out, actually have breakfast and easy to digest mm-hmm. breakfast. But then even within about ninety minutes, an hour to ninety minutes, it's important to kind of top off the tank with some. With some carbohydrates, like it's just stuff that settles in your stomach well. If you do have mm-hmm. nerves, it can be that banana, mm-hmm. but you have to find what works for you. A half yes. a bagel. Uh, sometimes the gels are the easiest things to mm-hmm. suck down right before the start of a race, just because they go down easy mm-hmm. and they give you some easy carbs. But if you're starting with an empty tank, um, even in the shorter races, like yeah, maybe the fueling needs aren't as high, but but it is important that that you do have some some carbohydrates mm-hmm. in your body starting the night before. But all, but into that that morning as well, like a like yeah. even like a Nutrigrain bar or something like that is just is and nice, liquids yeah. um, are easier to digest also. Yeah. So, so if you had carbohydrates, in right, it, right, yeah, right. yeah, like Propel or something like that. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, the the, the take home is consistency. I mean, when I do a five k, but you have to remember, I'm not competitive, um, but I'm competitive with my own times. But when I do a five k, it's going to be another morning run for me. It's going to be what I do. Um, I'm going to wake up, I'll eat a banana, have some coffee, maybe take a bite of my son's bagel or the kids' donuts before they wake up so they don't know who did it. <laughs> but I always put something in my stomach, even on every day, when, before I go out and run. And then I just, my idea is not like I'm going to go out and try and do my best time that morning, not for a race, but like your regular everyday morning. 
it's going to be, you know, I just need to get this run in, clear my mind and stuff. So my race tends to be better than my everyday run because I'm not putting all my gas out there on my everyday run. Mm -hmm. But my practice is the same. I still have food in my stomach because my my body's conditioned to have food in my stomach. My body's conditioned to have this. I will not feel dehydrated when I go out there on the run because I'm doing what I do every morning before I run. The difference is there's so many people around me. It's so exciting. I actually run a lot faster during a race because I get motivated by the people mm-hmm. around me instead of on the treadmill or by right. myself or right. mad at my rooster. And it is important you don't do yeah. something different on race day right. that you haven't done in training, yeah, and that's really, it. really important. And that can work both ways. One, you know, that you're eating things that you don't normally eat or because of nerves or because of the logistics of the race morning. Like, for example, like at our marathon, I know we're talking about maybe 5Ks and 10Ks, but even at our marathon, like you have to take a bus to the start line and you have to get out there like almost three hours before the race starts. Well, if you don't bring any food, now all of a sudden you're, if you're used to, or if you've found that it's important that you put in some fuel in your body and you don't bring anything with you, now you're sitting out there for three hours before your race even starts. Mm -hmm. And your tank is empty before yeah. before you even yeah. start. So. There's some um, interesting uh, f- foods also that you could, maybe they're easy. I don't know if you guys have tried them, but um, it, baby food packets or yeah. um, applesauce packets. Like what kind? I can't even imagine eating baby food. So like, oh, what kind of yeah. applesauce? Yeah. What do you mean? Pureed fruit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that has some carbohydrates yeah. in it. Yeah. yeah, Those are easier to um, slide down. And yeah, you said potatoes. Yeah. I had somebody tell me they, um, they would do canned potatoes that had salt. In them, and that was just a really easy carb. And your body so, feels good, and mm-hmm. you get salt. I mean, you have salt. Right. So I keep hearing salt, and so it's interesting. In the in another podcast, we talked about just watching your sodium. So how mm-hmm. does salt play a factor in running? Well, when you're sweating, you're I mean, getting yes, rid but of like, of. but how much salt, and how like I'm just curious about that because I know. People are curious about that, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. Well, if um, there's the balance between fluids also and, and sodium, and so if you're, um, how technical we want to get. Yeah. Um, uh, Not very technical. No, right. Keep it okay. very simple. Let's okay. keep it very simple. But if you have heart conditions, if you have things like that, then you really do need to watch the sodium that you're taking. But there's so much salt added to like processed foods. Um, so if you ideally, you know, perfect world, if you don't have a lot of processed foods in your diet, being able to use some salt is okay. Um, but when you're, when you're running, it's a whole different story because you're losing a lot of um, sodium and salt when you're right, sweating. And sense, so you need right. to be able to replace that. Um, and there's a balance between having enough fluid intake and electrolyte intake. Um, so things that are... High, we talked about dates earlier, but um, having some some foods that are higher so in potassium, yeah, like it just yeah. give it a little. Ooh. They do okay. have but anyways, yeah, right. But, yeah. but if, if there's like some dried fruit or something or potato, something that's higher in potassium, and then there's some little added salt, it just replaces your electrolytes, just like drinking a Gatorade, mm-hmm. basically. You can't yeah. keep your fluid down if you don't have enough salt to hold that fluid in, okay. and especially. Um, exactly. So how much fluid should yeah. you have? I well, mean, it's for these people the that are new. It depends on how, yeah. how warm it is. Yeah. It's a big part of it, yeah. yeah and and so. You can calculate your... Yeah, you can calculate <laughs> how much you weigh yourself before a run, weigh yourself yeah. after a yeah. run. I mean, there's that whole thing. But yeah. honestly, at the end of the day, like, you should just be hydrating generally. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, another thing you look at is your urine. I mean, yeah. if it's, you know, you want that to be Light generally straw. clear. Light straw yeah. yeah, or, yeah, or and, clear. And those types of things. But... And if you're getting thirsty, it's you've probably waited too long, yeah. you know. And so, you should not um, but feel I, that way yeah. during a race, but yeah. But I think I think if you keep it simple and are just and are hydrating, you'll be mm-hmm. fine, you know. But it goes back to what you do every day. Um, you know, if you're doing this every day, your body's used to it. It's, it should be um, that's how you condition your body. And and training for races, whether the five k's or long distance, is 
It's what you can get your body to do comfortably every day, um, you know, and so that you don't run into a disaster. But the other thing I wanted to point out is the processed foods. Um, I'm not a big stickler on it. Like, I'll, I'm the parent that goes out into the garage to do the laundry, but I have a box of junior mints in the console of my car, so I'm downing that so my kids don't see I have candy. <laughs> so that's the kind of parent I am. I'm not very good about my nutrition how, or my diet. However, um, we don't do a lot of processed food. So that's, that gives us a lot of wiggle room. Um, everything is made uh, fresh. The eggs come from the, the garden. We have an orchard. Um, we, they, I don't buy fruit. We have too much fruit, actually. You know, So we pull them off the trees. We try and get rid of them. We have neighbors dropping watermelons, corn, everything on our because they're trying to get rid of their vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, so that's a little on the, I mean, we eat a lot of non-processed stuff only because it's, we have too much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we try and make our food every day. And we make it at the beginning of the week, and then we pull it out and we, you know, microwave it throughout the... So we try and stay away from that. I think that helps, too. Um, It helps me understand my body better when I fuel for a race, because I know that I'm going to need this much salt because the weather's so hot. Or I know the race. I've done this race before, and I always look so chalky by the first, you know, (laughs) whatever. You know, I've lost so much salt. So it's... it's, you got to go out there and do that. So for somebody who's just getting off the couch... Um, I think my only thing is, you know, you have no expectation and just get out there and see what you, your body needs while you train for it. That's why I think training is the most important thing. And training with a group and training with somebody who you can bounce these ideas, who have done this before, is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I run by myself, but I still go back to find somebody at, at like... Um, Groups I, are so important. And, yeah. yeah, because just to, you know, just to, um, you just need that support. Um, and, do you, and you encourage that with Sacramento yeah, Running Association. Definitely. So what is, is that like a big part of the plan when someone's new? Or yeah. how, how do you, how would you talk about? I think it is important because I think that the, the group is, I mean, I think in, in general we're social beings. Some people use running as a way to be alone and, and um, you know, kind of be with their thoughts and as a form of kind of meditation and stuff, and that's fine. And one of the great things about, about running is you can do both. I mean, you can have times when you run or you can go plug in with a group. But I think in general having a group is kind of an anchor that you can kind of plug in on it. It holds you accountable, and that, that esprit de corps that kind of comes from a group is really what kind of spurns you on, I think, and kind of bridges the gaps in some of those training and helps you. We're talking about consistency being so, so important, more important. Anything you're doing on any one given day, even in, on the diet side, same thing, any one given meal isn't as important as kind of what you're doing over the totality of time. And and so and I think the groups kind of really help bridge, bridge that gap and are kind of stepping stones to get you along um, to kind of keep things going and and, you know, there's so many great running clubs, and, and you don't even need to be a part of a running club if you've just got friends that like to go out for a run for you. And even if you're not, I find even running with other people, sometimes I will meet people to run that aren't even in the same level as me, but just having that connection point of like, right. hey, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we meet in the parking lot together, you know, slot fives, talk about what we're going to do, maybe warm up together, and then we might be doing something completely yeah. different, but we also know we're going to come back and see each other back at the car high again. High five. Yeah, high five. Each other accountable. And, and that alone right. like, made getting out the door so much easier. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to meet people that are the same ability as you. Just it's for that having, accountability yeah. factor. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's interesting because um, when I was running often, people would be like, oh, you're just too fast for me. I'm like, actually, I want to run with you. I want to just yeah. get out there. It's mm-hmm. about getting out there yeah. more than about the speed of it. Mm-hmm. But then it's also 
look, I'm not going to wake up early in the morning. If I know you're in that parking lot, then I got to get there, right? So let's talk about that. So I'm just curious. Right, exactly. So, I mean, what would you recommend for those that are probably listening in Sacramento? Oh, a group might be nice for me to get off the couch. And, you know, I am really interested in this. What would you recommend, Scott? I mean, well, I mean, there's, I think the training programs out there, there's so many of them. A lot of them run yeah. through like the running stores, like a Fleet Feet Sports. They have training programs. There's a lot of great running clubs out there that have, have, have novice, intermediate, advanced levels. I mean, really, um, there are so many different options. Like you can go to the Sacramento Running Association website. Okay. We list them all. That's cool. Oh, and yeah. then you can kind of just kind of find the right fit for you and, and, um, um, and keep it simple. And keep, keep it simple, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. consistency is so important. I think it, with the diet yes. is the same thing. I always say give yourself 21 days. And I think that you kind of really start to develop habits at 21 days, three yeah. weeks. And so anything you're trying – if you're trying to make a dietary change and eat more, eat more healthy – Pick something you want to do. Pick yeah. one thing. Hey, I want to mm-hmm. eat more whole foods, or I want to mm-hmm. make sure I'm getting more fruits and vegetables in my diet, or I want to make sure I'm eating breakfast every morning because I don't really skip breakfast. Pick that thing you're going to do and really kind of work hard on it for 21 days. And if you can do it for 21 days, it starts then become a habit. And then you almost can't do without it, that thing. The thing that was hard that you were trying to force yourself to do, then all of a sudden you feel like you have to do. And that's the same way with running. I always tell people when you start running, just try to really develop, create a simple activity, whether it's, hey, I'm just going to run for 15 to 20 minutes, something I know I can do, but do it for 21 days versus trying to, like, oh, I'm going to be a runner now and then lace up and try to go for a 10-mile run and then you get hurt or it becomes a yeah, drag right. and you're not, not able to do it. Or you run one day and then take four days off because you're trying to recover from that one run. Do something very, very simple, but then repeat it for 21 days. Um, or it's like, hey, I'm going to run three days a week, but do that then for three weeks. And then you kind of develop that habit. And once the habits form, it then becomes easy and then also becomes a part of who you are and it's hard to do without. I would say the hardest run I ever went on in my entire life was my first run. You know? <laughs> and I've done, you know, I've run the Boston Marathon. I've done, done tons of things. I've, cl- I've run up top of Pikes Peak. I've done some crazy races. And the hardest run I ever did in my life was like a th- my, first, my first run because you're just, it's yeah. so hard. You think, how am I ever going to do more? But there's an adaptation that occurs once you start to develop a <laughs> habit. And I think it's the same way with the diet. You start, I hate this food. I, I just don't like broccoli or vegetables or something. And then you start to eat it and you develop a taste for it or mm-hmm. it just becomes a part of, of who you are. So. Mm-hmm. so as we conclude this, I just would love, you know, for the listeners and viewers, if there's one thing they could take away from that. So my goal in all of these podcasts, if there's one thing that you can take away from, you know, to be your best self and to start, you know, towards a healthy lifestyle um, and whatever that means, um, what would that be? I think just a healthy uh, diet in general, just kind of looking at your plate. Um, if it's missing some veggies, you know, try to include some of those um, with each meal or whatever snack that you're having. And then also a protein source. Like I said, keeping it simple and, um, and eating what you like. And also you know, trying, trying different things, trying some different like, whole foods that you can, you can do before you actually go out on race day. Um, but yeah, keeping it, keeping it simple and um, just getting into routine. That's what I tell a lot of my clients. Just um, we wait, when you wake up in the morning, you know, think about you know, what am I going to have for you know, I mean, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or what is my exercise going to be? So even if it's um, just 30 minutes, just getting, trying to f- wake up in the morning, just like figuring out what that looks like um, and getting it into a routine so then it turns into more of a habit. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically what you said and you said, it's consistency. Um, the, I think that 
It's when I would when I first started running. It was I was running with people who had asthma and they had to do you know two miles and they were still faster than me. Two minutes run, two minutes or one minute walk. But it was the consistency. It was uh, we're going to be out here for this amount of time. I'm going to be running or doing something thirty minutes, forty minutes every single day. If it's not a run, it's going to be a walk. But I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be moving mm-hmm. every uh, three days a week or whatever. And it became who I was. I never thought of myself a runner. Um, I was always a competitive swimmer, and then one day I, somebody said, well, you put in about 40 to you know, 40 miles a week. Wouldn't you finally say you're a runner? And I thought, yeah, but I'm not that fast. But you're right. It's now who I am. It's part of my day. It's part of my lifestyle. The eating is the same thing. It's like um, I, it started with getting, doing, making one change, taking out all the Starbucks purchases. And all of a sudden, I started losing weight, I started saving money, and my diet got healthier. It was just one thing that I stuck to for, I always say two weeks, but you're right, three weeks is where you really, it it becomes you. Two weeks is where you can checkpoint and have I made a difference, but three weeks, it is part of your life. So, consistency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would just say probably um, having a really healthy relationship Mm -hmm. with food and exercise, and just that those are positive things in your your. Uh, life and they should be things that are kind of like added on versus like taken away and I think sometimes both of those things are almost seen as like oh, I, I exercise so I can eat whatever I want or or I'm exercising because I'm trying to reward myself or I'm, I'm eating this because I'm rewarding myself because I exercise or I tried to um, you know I'm, I'm gonna have to work out now because I ate this thing and I think that that's a <clears throat> improper relationship with food and exercise and um, you should be looking at food as fuel and, and that fuels your body for exercise and refuels your body after exercise. And, and so we should be looking at like a really health and ba- healthy balance uh, of those things. And I just think that, um, I just think, like I said, you should be, you know, um, and, and, and this even goes with something that we did, I worked with you guys on with California Fan Fitness uh, sponsoring the, the Super Sunday Run. Forever our tagline was your ticket to a guilt-free Super Bowl. <laughs> and I... Last year, we decided to just scrap that, that we thought yeah. that that was an improper, you know, message to be sending, that this isn't like, oh, because I, I ran this morning, now I can now eat can have pizza I can and nachos yeah. and whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we use terms yeah. like that, like cheat days yeah. and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And it's like, we need to get that out of the lexicon because That's I just true. think it's really, really yeah. important that we have a healthy relationship with all these things, food and exercise, and that, that, it's, that these are, should be positive things in your life. Eating is good. And when we talk, instead of restricting things in your meals, like, oh, don't eat this, don't eat that, it probably comes up in your mm-hmm. world, Kim, we should be thinking more about building meals, you know? Like, we should, we should you know, like, that... That um, like think of the things that are good and build a meal around that. Think of the things you like and build a meal around that. Versus like, I don't want to eat this. I don't want to eat that. Mm-hmm. So, and I just think if we can, if you do that and you build meals with good foods that you like mm-hmm. and that are good for you, it doesn't really matter exactly what you're eating and how many carbohydrates and how many. You know, build a full plate of good food with of stuff you like and eat and fuel your body and then refuel after you exercise and go out and exercise a healthy amount that makes you feel good. You know and I just think that that's, you know. Well, I think what I've learned is, like, keep it simple. Yeah. Like, and I know that can apply to all factors of life, but really keeping it simple and, you know, not overcomplicating it, right? Like, not going, okay, I'm going to run this 5K, and then I, have to do, then I have to do this, and I have to have this much water, and I have to do da, 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 You know, it's just, like, slow down mm-hmm. and keep it simple. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank you. That was really great. Thank you for tuning in to Work In with California Family Fitness. This episode has been packed with great information. 
Check out the show notes at the daily.californiafamilyfitness.com forward slash podcast, where we will include links and resources that were mentioned during our conversation today. And if you are enjoying the discussion today, please make sure to like and share the work in podcast on our YouTube channel and other podcast distribution.